We've all seen the incredible horse and rider combinations as the backbone of our sport. But what about everything else that makes the equestrian world tick? From the everyday grind to the world-class professional, join the Equestrian Podcast as we talk about every equestrian discipline in a way that hasn't been done before. Now here's your host, rider, trainer, and influencer behind my equestrian style, Bethany Lee. Hey friends, and welcome back to the Equestrian Podcast. I'm your host, Bethany Lee, and this is episode 390. Our guest today is the founder of Equitrials, which is really a pioneering company that specializes in test riding horses on behalf of clients interested in purchasing horses overseas. He has over 10 years of experience in the sales department as a horse agent, scout, and trials rider for some of Europe's best stables, but he really brings a wealth of expertise to his services. Equitrials provides clients with a really unbiased evaluation of horses through recorded trials, ensuring definitely transparency and accuracy in purchasing and make the whole process smoother. So without further ado, please welcome our guest today, Jorge Vargas. Hi, Jorge. Hi, how are you? Doing well. How are you? I'm good. Thank you very much. Thank you for inviting me here. Absolutely. Tell me a little bit about how you got started in the horse world. So I started through my family. My father used to be a show organizer and also he used to have horses on his own. So since a very early age, I used to go already to all the horse shows and I used to be really passionate about horses. So um, yeah, already from a very early age, I would say around five, six years old, I started to ride on the riding school in my city. Okay. Um, Yeah, after that, uh, slowly started to get more and more hooked into the sport. And yeah, like uh, after a few years riding on the riding school, I started to train a bit with my father and I used to ride all the uh, national competitions around Spain. So yeah, a bit uh, older, I, I decided that I wanted to do that for a living. And I decided to move uh, just to Europe, to Northern Europe, to yeah, train a bit more and get a bit better. So I started to work already with horses at the age of 18 years old. Hmm. And since then, yeah, I've been, I've been around. <laughs> yeah. What made you eventually end up being in the Netherlands? Well, I guess I like the quality of the horses here. I like that there was a lot of um, sport, there's a lot of competitions, and also there's a lot of commerce. Um, I think this is the ideal location uh, just to do business uh, mm-hmm. from and to also to ride horses. Definitely. And I know as, you know, living in the United States and um, you know, always kind of looking into European imports, I know the Netherlands mm-hmm. is such a big hub for um, for Americans to to come over and try horses. And I mean, really, just worldwide, it's definitely a very well-known place for, for quality warm bloods. Yes, definitely. Um, you recently started your brand, Equitrials, which is really designed to help people purchasing overseas for, for trial horses to really ensure a good fit. So before we get into talking more about Equitrials and what you offer, I kind of wanted to get your perspective on horse buying and selling with, with as far as the market is right now. So what trends have you noticed in the equestrian market that are maybe leading people to consider buying horses overseas? Well, I think most of the people is looking to buy young prospects here in, in Europe. 
and I understand it because we have um, good breeding programs. The horses are well-bred, they are well-trained, and I think it's also a bit cheaper to buy horses here than they in United States. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I think that's why that's one of the main reasons why people would like to buy here. Yeah, definitely. Do, do you feel like the equestrian market is becoming more globalized? And if so, what maybe implications does this have for buyers and sellers? Well, definitely. I think already like uh, 10 years ago, people started to advertise the horses on Facebook or other platforms. And I think that was a good way to connect people from the United States with people in Europe. Mm -hmm. So I believe that, yeah, during the last 10 years, uh, every time more and more, um, the process of buying a horse became uh, more digital. So, um, yeah, I think uh, a lot of business have uh, grown a lot uh, because of this trend. And I also think that uh, a lot of clients have found uh, really nice matches here in Europe. Definitely. Um, besides the price point being um, maybe a little bit better in Europe versus like, let's say the United States, can you maybe highlight some of the advantages of purchasing a horse from Europe rather than the US? And then maybe what are some of the challenges or potential drawbacks buyers might face when buying a horse from overseas? Well, um, one of the main reasons that I will say about uh, buying a horse in Europe is that, yeah, one of them is the breeding. Uh, we have really good breeding programs. Right. Uh, also, uh, training. We have um, great um, venues to show in, and really um, often we can take the horse for uh, training shows, also for nationals, also for international, mm -hmm. uh, without it being a, a huge hassle. You know, uh, you can go to the show on the same day and come back home. Yeah, I think that's one of the main uh, points. I also feel like, obviously, I know I said besides price, but I also feel like um, besides the maybe the dollar amount um, to purchase the horse, just the, the the expenses to keep a horse in Europe are so much more agreeable than in the United States. And then um, I just feel like the infrastructure in Europe um, for going to having so many horse show options and um, that is just seems so much more available than than the U.S. Yeah, well, um, I mean, you have everything. Uh, you have all the options possible. You have also cheaper stables. You have also more uh, luxury options. Um, but for sure, um, regarding the competition, um, you can compete here for cheaper money than you would do in the States. Um, okay, for sure, if you go to the international shows, it still costs money to go there. Right. But just to get your horse um, developed uh, and, and trained and taken to a lot of shows, then, yeah, you can do that for cheaper money, uh, taking them to training shows, for example. There is um, three big venues here in this uh, South Netherlands area that they have training shows almost every week from Tuesday till Thursday. And then during the weekend, you also have national or international shows. So it's quite available for people to, to go to the show, I would say. Definitely. And obviously, um, as far as like challenges of buying a horse, 
you know, some people do sight unseen from half a world away can be tricky. So what are some of the most common risks or pitfalls buyers encounter when purchasing a horse without physically going to Europe and trying it? Can you maybe share some examples of red flags buyers should watch out for when considering a horse purchase like this? Well, first of all, I would say the, the, to the buyer to trust their gut with the people they are doing it. Many right. times when you're already speaking with a person, it gives you bad feeling. And many times there are scammers that they are just asking for deposits. Um, but if you do your research and you uh, yeah, see with who you are uh, buying horses, mm-hmm. um, yeah, everything should be a bit, a bit better. Um, I've seen a bit of everything. You know, I've seen a bit the miscommunication that they can be between a buyer and seller just because many times they just do it through chat through messenger mm-hmm. and they don't speak to each other so the client many times doesn't understand the needs of uh, the buyer sorry the seller doesn't understand right. the needs of the of the buyer and also yeah it's just miscommunication that's one of the main uh, issues i find that people goes to try a horse expecting um, to see uh, a horse for a different uh, uh, purpose, I would say. Then, uh, yeah, of course, I think um, I found a bit of everything. I've seen horses that they are just described as a little bit sensitive, and then they are not sensitive, they're just crazy. (laughs) Uh, You have uh, horses that uh, they have uh, wounds, so... Uh, many times the the owner will not say to the to the buyer straight away mm. um, and yeah one of the things I see also is that um when I go to try horses and when I speak to the seller of the horses, many times when I'm there in person, they open up and they dare to speak a bit more about the horse than they would do probably over the chat right so those are things that uh, yeah I find quite often miscommunication then can be injuries or uh, big legs or something that I see like that Um, and yeah I would say also maybe um, vet checks the vet check situation is a bit difficult at the moment Mm -hmm. Uh, um, many times uh, yeah it's one of the deal breakers when when people is buying horses from Europe absolutely yeah and I know that maybe like mitigating these risks was definitely part of the inspiration for you to start Equitrials. So tell me a little bit about Equitrials and how you have really created it and hope to make the purchasing process safer and easier. Yeah, exactly. Um, the idea of Equitrials already came to me like I would say three or four years ago. I used to have a dealing stable and I have a person who came to try a horse for me and yeah the experience was not good and that made me think how is possible that there is not a professional person who can try horses in a professional way and provide a good report of the horse from a neutral point of view so i thought about doing it but i kept it a bit on the pocket so a few years later uh, after taking uh, some jobs uh, in in all kind of uh, jobs in the horse world. Like I've been a rider, I've been a scout, I've been a dealer, I did a bit all what you can do. I wanted to put all my knowledge towards a good purpose that could help people and that I could be good at it. So yeah, one of the parts that I liked the most of my job was to be in touch with the client 
and to try the horses. So I kind of put, um, connected all the dots and kind of made uh, this service that I think is super important for the client. I've seen in many stables from dealers how the wrong horses go to the wrong people mm -hmm. and how many people get disappointed because they expect one thing and maybe they get something else or other times uh, they just simply get uh, tricked. Um, so um, uh, I wanted to put all my knowledge in all the dealing stables, breeding stables, sport stables, all what I learned in the last 12 years here in Europe to the service of um, the public. Right. That's so great. I'm, I know there's there's always kind of like what I alluded to before. There's a perception that buying a horse sight unseen lacks the personal connection between horse and rider that is, you know, obviously essential for success eventually. So how do you address this concern when working with someone, um, let's say, who's based in the U.S. wanting to import a jumper? Well, definitely, I always recommend to try the horse. Like, yeah. I, I firmly believe that uh, horse riding is a connection between the rider and the horse. Totally. And that connection needs to be felt by the rider. So many times that when they come to try horses, they feel it's a yes or it's a no from the first moment they sit on the horse. So I always recommend uh, to try the horses. But I understand that not always is possible. Mm -hmm. um, so what I wanted to offer is a service for the people who don't have the availability to come here to try them themselves, that they can still take an informed decision. I believe that everybody should have the right to know what they are buying. And uh, that's why I uh, advocate for. We are moving into our new home this year. And something I'm so excited about is to fill the house with equestrian art because not only is it just so classic while being so timeless, I think it really aligns and, and fits in with any type of interior decor and style. I found an equine artist a couple years ago back when I first was introduced to her amazing equine art calendars i've been using them for a few years now i think this is my fourth calendar of hers um, but her name is steffi hornig and she is one of the most talented equine artists i think i've ever met and something i really love about her methodology is she really prefers to really get to know the personality of the horse and then paint them you know to really try to capture who that horse is um, and so I just really think that shows through in her art and really sets it apart for more information if you're looking for a calendar I think there are a few 2024 in stock I just got mine and I am obsessed with it one of our horses is actually the month of February which she did so perfectly so to get more information visit her website at Steffi Horn equineart.com for more information about how she does what she does and and for you to get your hands on some art or getting her to paint one of your horses so again that website is steffi hornig equineart.com all right let's get back to the episode um, how do you navigate the cultural differences between um you know how you're working versus where your clients are working and um you know as far as standards of horsemanship and level of horse care um when kind of evaluating horses for your clients so what what kind of maybe areas do you have to navigate when you are trying to to really work towards matching a horse and rider first of all i like to speak with the client i like to see videos of how they ride 
and uh, yeah i try to to be a bit um try the horses like if i was them with all my experience in the last years i had the pleasure to work with out of american clients with out of american trainers and i also had the pleasure to be in california uh, for a little while and and see how everything works there so i have a great connection with the uh, us clients i just uh, advocate for them mm-hmm. so I try to provide information of uh, all what I see. So from the moment I arrive to the stable, I see the horse in the in the box. I see if there are any signs of uh, possible uh, stable vices or any wounds or anything. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I take pictures and I make videos of all the body, the legs, the neck, uh, just trying to give the client the, the feeling that he is there, you know? So mm-hmm. I record the horse from every angle i take pictures from every angle so if there is a little something the client will know about that so when i'm riding the horse i try to provide um, information regarding the personality of the horse the rideability the performance of the horse um yeah uh, just suitability also like sometimes Mm -hmm. uh, yeah people want uh, a horse uh, to be tried for being a hunter and then the horse has nothing to do with a hunter or right. they want a horse for a children and the horse is not for children. So that's a bit uh, the way I do it. Yeah. And it seems like it, with your business, I mean, in the long run, just being as transparent as possible is key, especially for um repeated business i mean it, when when you can get that trust um i feel like what a lot of people do is maybe they um, will go to europe physically try some horses really connect with and have a good um outcome with a dealer and then they feel like they have that trust to do more um work just you know remotely to find future horses so i feel like having that first a deal or interaction with it with a new client that's you know super transparent and and one that works out well the first time around is is definitely mm-hmm. helpful for your business definitely definitely also one of the things that i think is key for uh, for this business is that i don't sell horses i'm i took a step back from the sales just with the objective of being neutral so mm-hmm. That's that. I think that is the key point of this business. I cannot have any interest any interest in you buying one horse or another or right. anything. What I do is I just go to the place. I tell the horse. I provide the people with all the videos, all the pictures. Uh, then we have a phone call. I explain how I felt everything. I explain also the key points to work on. And yeah, just all that information regarding the personality, the performance, the suitability, everything. I love um, for sure, when I started, it was a bit um, of a leap of faith I took. It was a new idea that people in many times didn't understand. Mm-hmm. And it took me a few clients for the people to start trusting it. So the beginning maybe was not the easiest one, but definitely uh, once that the people started to trust me with it, and also all the good reference I got from the people helped a lot. Right. Um, I'm glad to say that all my clients are really happy with uh, the service I provide. And yeah, I think that's 
probably the best publicity you can get. Yeah, yeah, a hundred percent is is a pretty good stat to have <laughs> with your business. Yeah. So that's great. Something else you've also recently added to your services is a training program for horses purchased before they head to their new homes in the U.S. So why did you feel like this was a really important service to add? Well, this was uh, an idea that came because. I've seen that a lot of clients that they were buying uh, young prospects, especially for hunter classes. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, those horses, they were not ready for doing the classes that they wanted in the States. Right. And yeah, I decided to provide this service because in, here in Europe, we don't have hunter classes such Right. as that. Uh, now, slowly, some show venues start to do like maybe one hunter class sometime just to to make videos for the horses, but there is not a, a hunter league. There is not a, a, a discipline uh, such as in, in the United States. So, um, yeah, I believe that it's important to commit with the horse. Many horses, they look like hunters, but people cannot commit to it because if they want to sell, uh, they need to find the best plan for the horse. And Mm -hmm. selling as a hunter is an option, but because we don't have hunter classes here in, in Europe, the main option is always going to be to sell it as a jumper. Mm. So I offer this service where I can train the horses as hunters. I am in, based in a stable where I have hunter jumps, Yeah. where um, we can put them in a hunter system and make it as close as possible to a hunter before he already arrives in Oh, the yeah. state. That's huge. I mean, yeah, so many times you get a horse, then bring it to the U.S. and you you think you're ready to go and start, you know, in, in Wellington for the season and it's never jumped a flower box. And yeah, so things Exactly. like that are just, yeah, Exactly. so Especially important. hunter jumps are very spooky Yeah. and they need to know the jumps. So I believe it's, it's quite important that, that they know the job before they arrive there and, and, and get to the classes straight away. Definitely. What measures do you take to stay updated on the industry? Maybe not necessarily like trends, but kind of what what is selling, what people are really looking for, advancements in horse training and care practices. What do you kind of do to stay updated on those things? Well, um, first of all, uh, I use social media. So uh, there every day I can see what's going on around. I see Mm -hmm. a, a lot the adverbs that uh, clients looking for horses. And I see also a lot of, of uh, advertise of uh, people selling their horses. So I understand a bit what the people is looking for. And also... know what is around because yeah i travel a lot a lot around the netherlands belgium germany also travel to czech republic so just speaking by people uh, going to their stables and seeing a bit what they have uh, is a good way to 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 be updated Definitely. What i advice? get a lot of messages every day from I bet. uh, yeah, from people who or they need my services and they explain a bit what they want Or uh, people who, yeah, they're looking for horses or whatever. And then, yeah, they, that's the way I see what the people want in the States. In the U.S., I feel like now so more than ever with, you know, myself, we're I'm a part of a, a top hunter program. Everyone at, at the top of the hunter sport, you know, a good moving horse, a hack winner is really become 
kind of a non-negotiable. It, it has yeah. to be a freaky mover. So what yeah. are some things that you look for on, you know, the other end when, when now that that, you know, we're maybe five, five, definitely 10 years ago, that movement was a bonus where now it's just kind of expected. Yeah, actually, I was speaking with a friend the other day about this. And yeah, it's true that every time is more and more important, mm -hmm. the, the movement of the horses. And that's one of the main reasons why people will consider buying or not buying a horse. Right. So here in Europe, we shoe the horses with the steel shoes. That means, for example, that when the horse is moving, you're going to see a bit more of the knee of the horse uh, moving a bit more. And for the hunters, they like it a bit more flat. So the movement is a bit what it is. You can improve it a little bit. Mm -hmm. But uh, yeah, you need to see uh, a bit if maybe changing the shoeing for aluminum shoes mm. uh, will help to make the movement a bit flatter. Yeah. And also just uh, working with the horses, you can, you can help them to improve a little bit the movement. Right. Definitely. And I know, yeah, for us, when we're looking at horses in Europe that are, are pretty amazing movers and have steel on, we're like, okay, this is good. It's only going to get yeah. better. <laughs> that's, that's the ideal situation. Yeah. What would you say is something that you are passionate about in the industry that you feel people either don't talk a lot about or don't know enough about? Actually, I will say, uh, I don't want to make uh, more publicity of what I do, but I think Trying horses on behalf of people is one thing that people don't talk about so much. Mm. And I think it's quite important to do it. I think it's uh, very important to be informed before you are going to make a purchase. I think it's very important to have a person that you can trust going to the place, not just to see the horse, also to speak with the people, see how the horse is uh, kept, uh, see uh, by themselves uh, the, real, the, the real thing. Mm -hmm. So that's the main thing I would say, yes. Did you feel like the the inability to travel during 2020 and 2021 with COVID um, affected business in this way with not being able to do a lot of travel overseas? Well, definitely for uh, people who like to try their horses. Uh, mm -hmm. Yeah, I believe it's been, it's been a, a change. But um I would say that, for example, in lockdown, that I was expecting to, the sales to go down. Actually, they went up. A lot mm. of people bought horses in lockdown. Right. And most of those horses, they were unseen. So, yeah, I believe that the people, some people want to try their horses, but many times they just, uh, they just do it uh, off the video. Just, mm -hmm. yeah, they're not afraid of it just for... for it's not they're not afraid of it. They're afraid of it many times. Right. But it's just that it's, they don't have any other choice. Right. So exactly. I don't think uh, buying of the video is going to stop people, you know, mm -hmm. from, from, you know. No, definitely not. Um, well, Jorge, thank you so much for taking the time and giving your insight. I think what you're doing with Equitrials was so needed in the industry and such a unique way to really allow um, especially American riders to feel at ease when going through the process of importing European horses. So thank you for mm -hmm. what you're doing and I wish you all the best. Yeah, thank you very much. And thank you for uh, giving me the chance to speak to you and to your audience. Yeah, I hope you like the idea. And yeah, I would like to 
to see where this leads. All right, that is all I have for you today. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you liked what you heard, please take a minute and write a review on iTunes. I would so appreciate it. It helps people like you find the podcast and it helps me get some killer guests. Thank you so much and I will talk to you next week.